Welcome back to the Inspiring Competence Podcast, your one-stop shop for corns that pop. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Popping. Good to hear. Good to hear. So here we are back in Vigil, 11,700 people, and Uhtred uh, just kind of bumped into his brother, who we last saw wasn't really uh, happy to see him. But before we get to that, we got a flashback. The scene begins with a low, distant thunder. Rain splashes down into muddy puddles as we look around a familiar graveyard. As we move about, another low rumble calls from the clouds above, and we set our sights upon a lone elk, standing resolute between a small wooden home and the large entrance to an underground tomb. Though his divine glow is now gone, we still recognize Elksy, the stalwart riding companion of the mortal Thalias. Elksy stands in much the same spot as we last saw him, guarding the burial site of his late partner outside of Roslar's tomb. Elksy's fur is soaked from the rain, but we can also see large patches of blood. Whether the patches are from inflicting or receiving injuries, though, is unclear. What is clear is the scattered remains around the elk, skeletal and zombified limbs and chunks of other body parts, considerably more than there were last time we saw this place. Clearly, Elksy has maintained his watch for undead, and more undead have wandered into the area. Everything seems quiet now, though, for Elksy stands with a sort of somber peace. His piece is broken shortly after, though, and Elksy's eyes snap open, and his head whirls around. We turn our attention with him, and standing not too far away, we see a woman wearing a lacquered wooden mask. We recognize her as the same woman who met with Uhtred, Rogyar, Vipira, and Randolph as the heroes left Roslar's coffer. At the sight of her, Elksy bucks his head and snorts aggressively. He paused the ground, telegraphing his intention to attack. The woman doesn't retreat, nor does she close in. She stands almost as a statue among the tombstones, watching the elk. After a moment, her head tilts down slightly. It's hard to tell for sure, but it's as if she's inspecting Thalias's grave. Another moment passes, and she returns her gaze to Elksy. Elksy hasn't charged, but continues to buck and snort, attempting to intimidate this newest intruder. You miss him, don't you, your old master? At hearing the intruder speak, Elksy seems caught off guard. His snorting and bucking stops, but he remains on guard. The woman takes a step forward, and Elksy immediately steps back into his aggressive display. The woman stops at this. You were chosen to serve him, chosen to obey him, to fight for him. You didn't agree to this, but how could you have known any better? You were nothing more than a stupid animal. And now you mourn him. But what was he to you, really? Do you miss him? Or do you merely miss the divine spark that told you you would? She takes another step toward Elksy. Elksy responds by rearing back menacingly, front hooves in the air. Though the woman stops again at this, she did advance forward quite a bit before doing so this time. She now stands a mere ten feet from the distressed elk. Regardless, you never asked to be his partner. You never strove to such a task. And the power that equipped you for the job 
was the same power that convinced your new sentience that your will to serve and protect this man was your own, and not that of some paladin's god. It's unclear if Elksy can understand this woman, whether it's from contemplating her words or perhaps just because she's approaching in a calming manner. Elksy is beginning to calm down. He still paws the ground nervously and swings his antlers guardedly, but his body language is no longer that of an animal about to charge. Now look at you. With your master dead, his god no longer cares about you. They took your sentience, for it was never yours. Now you stumble about, remembering conscious thoughts you can no longer comprehend. How many undead have you destroyed to protect this place? And for what? He will not thank you. There is no end to this pointless task. How long before you collapse from fatigue? Before a creature of the night finally lands a telling blow? This blessing that once served another has cursed you to a slow, painful, confused death. The woman removes a small glass vial containing very fine silvery powder from beneath her robes. Truly, I'm sorry. I feel your pain and understand. I will free you from this fate. She steps forward again, and Elksy snaps out of his reprieve. He rears back, snorting a final warning, but this time the woman doesn't stop. She crushes the vial in a closed fist, and the sparkling powder seeps out from between her fingers, where it orbits her hand like the ring of a planet. Elksy's front hooves touch down, and he charges at the woman, antlers first. He closes the distance and bucks his head down to slam his deadly horns into her, but with a single hand, the woman grabs a smooth, pointless area of Elksy's antlers and stops his momentum. The rest of Elksy's body buckles under the sudden stop, forcing him into a prone position, craning his neck around at a painful angle where he's forced to look up helplessly at the masked woman. With her free hand, the one being orbited by the glittering powder, she extends a single finger and touches Elksy between his eyes. The scene slows down in order to show what happens next, and raindrops freeze in midair. Because faster than the eye could follow, the glittery ring orbiting the woman's hand collapses in around her extended finger and slithers down it until it makes contact with Elksy. With Elksy and the woman all but frozen in time, we watch the powder contour around Elksy, growing thinner and thinner as it demands a greater and greater surface area, until it's thin enough to see through, and Elksy is completely coated in these brilliant sparkles. A moment later, and we can no longer see Elksy behind the intense magical glow of whatever magic is at hand. Another moment, and the entire scene is blocked by the glare. Be free. And the scene ends. Dude, what the fuck was that? Oh, you done messed with the elk now. Now it's gonna no. Now it's going down. Now you get the horns. Yeah, how are we supposed to trust this lady now? If we find that out, we're not gonna be cool with that. Oh, what did she even do? I don't know. I'll have to find figure it out. We can tell you to a library. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, back to vigil. We're still going to uh, Elena Varvatos. Yep, yep, that is the plan, but. Uh, Uhtred has bumped into uh, his brother, uh, Ryland, and uh, no sooner do you like take that in that you like you like turn around, you bump into somebody. Oh, excuse me, and then you're like, oh my god, it's Ryland, uh, and you realize that uh, he's actually walking with somebody, uh, a woman who you've never seen before, but 
you do know that he is betrothed to a woman um, named Cass. To a woman named Cass, and uh, this woman, whoever she is, uh, seems like she's quite far along in a pregnancy. Oh wow! So you bump into Ryland, and he sees, and he like has almost the same reaction of you, like, "Oh, well, pardon me," and then he sees that it's you, uh, and he says, "Oh, Uhtred." Ryland, how are you? The the woman, she kind of like all but sneers at you, and uh, Ryland says, "Sorry, I didn't see you. We were just we were we were just moving on to another part of the festival." Seeing the sneer, which is just gonna say, "Have I have I wronged you in some way, Ryland?" He kind of he he looks like a little embarrassed, but he like kind of. He doesn't really meet your eyes, and he kind of, like, shakes his head. He just, like, mumbles kind of like, like, don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but, and he's, like, like kind of, like, turning away. All right, before uh, he can even say anything, but, like, seeing kind of that reaction, Uhtred's now going to kind of, like, lean to the side and address the woman next to him. I presume you must be Ryland's betrothed Cass. I'm Uhtred, his older stepbrother. Yes, the bastard. I know. It is true. I was unfortunate enough to never really know the love of my mother. I apologize, ma'am. She kind of like rolls her eyes and she says, Yes, that sounds tragic, but you're grown up now, and I would think that you would have the common decency to stay away from our family, should know that you don't belong with us. I'm not even going to address that, and I'm going to address Roland again. I don't know what wrongs I ever did to you, brother, other than to love you as if you were my actual brother. I apologize. Hope you guys have a lovely evening and enjoy the rest of the festival. Vipira sticks her head out of the cart. Uhtred, we gotta save the world. Come on. Let's move along. Ryland just kind of, like, holds his chin up and he says, Looks like you need to go. Without even deigning to, like, turn, Uhtred will just say, Roland, the day I ever take orders from you will be a sad day for everyone. And I'll hop into the carriage. Okay. Very good. So everybody's in the carriage? Yeah, Vipira puts uh, puts her hand on uh, Uhtred's shoulder. A little down the ways once they're out of sight. Like, even if he's in the car tri- uh, in the carriage... She she'll wait until they're a little down the ways, um, and say, "Family's rough." Uh, uh, that's a question. Um, real quick too, like as we're getting ready to pull away, um, Rogar's still enjoying the fact that he's back into the city again. He's he's still gonna like fly alongside the carriage. So like, I imagine he's just watching this whole thing go down with with uh, Uhtred and his brother, and as we we walk away, like. Just wordlessly, I'll just kind of give a nod to, I'll give, a, I'll just give like a nod to Ryland and just float away. He seems a little uh, caught off guard that a flying dwarf just kind of went over and nodded to him and then flew away. Um, back in the carriage, does Uhtred uh, re- uh, respond to Vipira's question? Uh, yeah, not at all. I have a wonderful relationship with my father. Good family. Fair enough. All right, and you guys uh, take the carriage the rest of the way to Sancta Iamide to meet with Eluna Varvedos.
Uh, you find her just kind of off to the side, and she's uh, looks like she's lighting some candles. She sees you coming, and she immediately stops what she's doing and uh, comes and meets you. She says, ah, Uhtred, uh, how did your meeting with Ralph Gandry go? It went well. He was able to provide us somewhat of a direction, which is actually why I'm here. He pointed us toward the Northern Gate Road way station to meet the captain there, and when we arrived, it had been attacked. We were able to save one guard, but the other guards and the captain looked to have been kidnapped. We brought evidence back of this, and the guards brought us to Sito. I have to say, she again was very resistant to our news, but eventually, reluctantly, agreed to send somebody to check out the way station. Although, if I'm being honest with you, I'm fearful that she's not interested in finding anything. And if she does, I'm not sure she's going to be interested in trying to do anything about it until the festival's over. And well, you told us if we found anything to please bring it back to you, and obviously Sito kept most of our evidence, but I did withhold one piece of evidence from her, and I'll pull out the dossier and hand it to Elena. She kind of takes the evidence, the, the dossier from you, like, without really looking at it, and she said, like, she's kind of staring at you, and, like, a moment passes, and she says, forgive me, Uhtred, uh, that was not exactly uh, uh, a story that I was expecting. Uh, the, uh, the, North, the Northern Gate Road way station was attacked? It's true. And there's nobody stationed there right now? No, we implored Sito to send a retaliation force, but she was reluctant to even send somebody just to confirm what we were saying. <sighs> That's... That is worrisome. She believes that we're some kind of, I don't know, troublemakers or just trying to ruin the festival in some way. Personally, I, I think she's more just trying to keep everything quiet. Perhaps. Sito uh, is a soldier, and soldiers are good at following orders and not always good at making decisions. I, I don't mean to speak ill of someone of her station, but it sounds like she's being willfully ignorant here. Uh, it is not indicative of the uh, integrity of a knight of Ozum, especially one of her station. I'm sorry, why did Ralphus send you to the Northgate Road way station? Didn't you just go to ask him about someone named Gildeus? He sent us to talk with Dawson Arbery, the captain. She believed that the shattered shield of Arneson had been stolen and replaced with a counterfeit. Now, Ralphus let us know that when she originally brought these concerns to his attention, he actually had the shield inspected by a female gnome by the name of Killebrandt, who confirmed that the shield was authentic in the original, but in the, as you'll find in that dossier, Aubrey believed that Killebrandt 
might have been working with the six crows to steal the shield. I see. Well, I... I, uh... Walk through the reliquary hall that the shield is on display in ver- fairly frequently. I have no reason to suspect that it is a, a forgery. Uh, if so, it is a very well-made one. Well, the woman that does suspect it has very conveniently turned up missing. If you look at the map there, it appears that Daswin believe that Bruno's quality shields might have had a role in making the counterfeit. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I am. Uh, Bruno's quality shields is uh, a staple within Vigil. She is famous for her uh, armorsmith. Uh, and she kind of looks over at Rogyar. <laughs> and, I don't know, maybe you get the feeling that she was about to be like, you probably know her. Uh, but then, like, <laughs> like... Like, goes like, oh, wait, no, that's not appropriate, and just kind of doesn't say anything. Um, well, so, sounds like the type of person that, if you were going to get a forgery, she would be the one that could do such a thing, yes? Well, such a forgery is not, would, creating a, a, a forgery of such a relic would not be a legal action in this city, and I can tell you that Bruna would not do something willingly. Uh, she is an outstanding citizen of this city, and she uh, quite a fair amount of guards in this city wear her arms. I I meant no offense. I I, I know you. I know you didn't, Uhtred. Trust your judgment of the citizens of Vigil far greater than I. I'm just trying to connect dots and figure out what's going on here. Yes, I. I, I know you are. I'm just giving I'm giving you your uh, the context due to your investigation. You 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 may want to go uh, go speak with Bruna, and maybe she has some answers for you. Uh, but you know, feel feel free to continue investigating this with uh, with other members of the city too. Uh, there could be other higher ups that have uh, their own important contexts or. Uh, perceptions on this this whole affair I, I think that's a good idea we had a couple more people that we wanted to talk to good um, you you carry my blessing with you I I, I not sure what but truly I, I fear that there are dark tidings coming to us uh, nefarious plots within this city that I I fear with all due respect my lady they are already here. The obols in our heart are proof enough of this. Ross's coffer is gone. Indeed. We just need to make wow. sure that Vigil doesn't meet the same fate. Well, then you must go with all haste. And she uh, reaches in her robes and uh, she hands you a potion and a scroll. And uh, just like the last time you came to her, she explains that... Uh, she's handed you a potion of cure serious wounds and, oh, sorry, uh, both potions, no scrolls. Uh, one is a potion of cure serious wounds and one is a potion of lesser restoration. Okay. All right. We could leave. All right. Uh, so where do you guys go now? It is, you guys have had a pretty dense day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to ask how long is that? Like getting yeah. there, doing that. It's not quite uh, like nighttime yet. I'd say it's probably like 5 p.m. 
Sounds like we should get over to Bruna's quality shields before dark then. I mean, uh, Vipiro will bring it up. Um, you know, I, I have this weird idea. I feel like uh, Evni Zagnas was also on our list of uh, people to talk to. And uh, <laughs> seeing Randolph over here, he seems to already uh, be acquainted with her. She might have more information before we go up to this, uh, before we go up to this shield person. More information on what? Uh, just in general of, uh, what's going on. I mean, maybe she might have, uh, she has some level of influence over the city, and if we already have a person who is acquainted with her, it, it definitely helps to convince higher-ups that way, Right. I mean, I mean, she's going to find out that I failed my mission and all of Rustler's Coffer is dead anyway, so I, I'm i ready to face the music if we have to. Well, I think right now our number one priority should be trying to track down Doswin. I agree, and to that end, right, I, agree. I, think, I think time is kind of of the essence there. Evney's not going anywhere. Arbery, her, her life might... A matter of minutes or hours could make all the difference, so I think we need to follow the active lead there and go to Bruna's. That's yeah. right. I think we should you're... procrastinate telling her. <laughs> I, I think you raised some good points, Rogia. It's getting late. I think we should at least go talk to Bruna first and then see if we need to recover for the night or maybe, maybe she's, as Elena said, maybe she's been forced to do something against her will and she needs our help yeah i mean she bruno could have been uh manipulated the same way ralphus was you know like he did something to save his dying mother and it seems like it it has caused a lot of trouble it's possible bruno did something similar was maybe was forced to make that shield or maybe she took a bribe we don't know but i, I think that's our next our next move yes you want to hold a conversation with this person of interest just after we were talked to by the guard not even like wait after the other person gets back uh how much time has passed probably almost an hour uh but that would like it's a half hour there a half hour back but you're not including any like Investigate. Stop looking time. around. Yeah, the yeah. person's not just being like, "Screech, I'm here." Okay, okay so back to visual. So they're probably not back yet, and say, "Well, uh, I don't think that Ryder would be back yet, Vipira. I think we right. would have enough time to just go talk to Bruno and then go see if Sito has heard from her men yet." And honestly, I feel like the less we involve Sito in this, the more productive we'll be. Uh, I wasn't I tend to agree, Rogue. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about involving Sito. We're about to put this person on blast, though. After we were just warned by Sito not we're, to get into trouble. I mean, we're not going to put her on blast. We're going to talk to her about her possible involvement. We're not going around to the city announcing, "Bruna bit a forgery." Hey. I just don't want to. Well, if you're worried about getting in trouble, Lapierre, you don't have to come. Maybe yeah. your contacts have more information. I kind of snicker at that. 
knowing uh, what? <laughs> what she went through before. Vipira, afraid to get in trouble? <laughs> no, Vipira is like kind of uh, like we just keep on getting the runaround and it's annoying and gathering as much information and as much allies as possible, especially with a, with a contact that Elias, I sorry, Randolph already knows. Sounds like the easiest path right now, but see, my whole thing is like we're we came here to get allies in the sense of trying to find out what happened to Rosar's coffer, and we have a solid lead on that with going to Bruna. Going to find more allies seems like chasing the possibility instead of the guaranteed. Like we're chasing the possibility of a new ally rather than the actual lead with information that we are fairly certain about. I mean, if it's that important to Vipira, then why doesn't Vipira just go talk to her while we go talk to Bruna? Once again, Vipira's in for the ride, uh, but she's just bringing up the point. All right, like, if we're really kind of try seeking out the trouble, I don't, like, just know what we're getting into here. Yeah, I mean, again, Vipira, nobody's looking for trouble. We're not going in just throwing wild accusations around. We're, we're just going to go talk to Bruna. Right. At, at this point, I guess Uchu would just start climbing into the carriage. All right. And you guys are going to Bruna's, correct? Yes. And to that end, this time, Rogar will ride in the carriage just to draw less attention to the group as we're heading there. All oh, right. Man. We're going to be so squished with Rogar in here. Hey. <laughs> more importantly you're not going towards any trouble so you arrive at Bruna's and like as you're like rounding the like taking the last turn uh, onto that uh, that square you hear a couple screams of course <laughs> and where uh, Bruna's quality shields uh, should be based on your directions uh, and that you're assuming it's uh, that's what you're looking at. Uh, the smithy is on fire. The Br- Brunas is on fire. Yeah, this is a bad look. Good thing we didn't show anyone that uh, dossier. <laughs> well, good thing it was already on fire before we got there. Like Cito's going to believe around. that one. <laughs> yeah, we should we should turn around. The fact, before that, we get the fact that we're here means Cito's going to be a bitch and think we lit this place on fire. But why? Cito doesn't know anything about... She has blamed absolutely everything on us. It doesn't matter. We're here. It's our fault. That's her investigatory instinct. We're here. It's our fault. No. Her investigatory instinct will be someone will tell her there's a fire in this part of town. She'll be like, I don't want to hear it. Did you start it? Get out of here. I don't know about no fire. This was going off without a hitch until you reported the fire. My parent goes to Rogar. Put it out. You got wind got water i have ice and different (laughs) wow the ice is gonna melt into water (laughs) that's not how it works (laughs) no that i mean ice will it'll melt into water it's it's not ice though it's cold it's that's the difference yeah you can put fire out with lowering the temperature well i know you're a fancy firefighter now i'm just saying I, like you, if, in, in, literally, like in the chemical sense, if you could hit it with such a cold temperature that you drop the surrounding temperature, it'll extinguish. Yeah, I know. And I mean, it's not like Rogar doesn't put out huge bombs, so I bet that shit's real cold. 
Maybe if we destroy it, then it won't get impacted by the fire. That's a good point. He puts the fire out and blows the walls apart. <laughs> are they, are right, the people so, actively trying to put it out? Like a bucket brigade are, or something? Yeah. Are there any yeah. masked people running from it? <laughs> so you arrive at Bruna's Quality Shields, and it is ablaze. You, are, you see several dozen onlookers uh, surrounding the building. They had formed a bucket brigade, like you said. Uh, but they're just, you know, bucket after bucket, they're just, like, throwing it into the fire, and it doesn't really seem to be doing any good. And they're just kind of looking around like they're not sure what to do. Ad, like, you're still approaching, and you see a like an, an older uh, female dwarf she looks like she's arriving at the scene just as you are and she comes to a stop uh, right in front of the shop and she's saying Rolf! You fool! Get out Rolf! Uh, and she looks like she's gonna try like she's trying to like run into the burning building but the crowd of onlookers has stopped her from doing so and she's just like shouting shouting for someone named Rolf and like just like just stretching herself towards the building but like she's being uh, restrained uh, I will fly up and over the crowd to go closer and get a better look at the burning building. My peer goes invisible to get closer to the building. <laughs> well, I can't do anything badass like those two, but I'll do my best to make my way through the crowd to follow them. And uh, I'll stay on getaway in case we're rumbled. Randolph and Philias are the wheelman. Is is are we able to get the cart like close to it? I kind of assumed that like we kind of got bogged down. This street is not, like, super crowded because not many people want to stick around nearby a burning building. Uh, You just have, like, the dozen or so onlookers that uh, look like they just, like, very recently gave up on their bucket brigade and are now holding this uh, dwarven woman back from uh, throwing herself into the burning building. So you can get the the cart, like, you know, pretty close to it. You could even park it inside if you wanted. Uh, Nope. Looks like we're just going to have to go in uh, as is. All right, so several rooms in this house uh, will count as extreme heat. Uh, Breathing the air uh, deals 1d6 points of fire damage per minute, and characters must succeed at a fortitude save every five minutes or take 1d4 points of non-lethal damage. Well, I picked the perfect spot to be in the carriage waiting for... uh... Are you are you waiting in the carriage or are you joining everybody inside? Well, I was gonna wait in the carriage, but if it's if it's if they're running into a fire and like potentially need the healing man, uh, I'm obviously not gonna let them go alone. So I'll go with them and have my other half stay on the carriage, make sure uh, nothing happens to it. All right, so you're leaving Thalias in the carriage. We'll only need one wheel man for this level of danger. <laughs> and yes, I'll leave Thalias. Alright, so you guys valiantly burst in through the front door here. An acrid smoke spills out from the gaping maw of a stone hearth into this walled yard. Tables hold various blacksmithing tools, and a large anvil in the center of the yard appears well used. Flames dance across the roof of the building to the west. A wide gap south of the hearth provides an opening into the burning building. Rolf! Rolf, are you in here? I'm going to cast Dancing Lights to try and uh, give some visibility. Okay. That's a good idea. Um, uh, Rogar will use his Gust of Wind infusion 
to just like blow paths of smoke out of the way so we can get a, a clearer view. Okay, cool. That's a good combo. Uh, you guys uh, are able to get a a much a much better visibility in here, and obviously those uh, you know the the placement of the dancing lights and the placement of the uh, gusting air uh, is only providing temporary and you know very like specifically uh, like a very specific location for your uh, improved vision uh, like after you after your gusting air like leaves an area uh, that area fills back up with smoke like within like 1d4 rounds so it's just like constant like replenishing of smoke because the, the building is actively burning right, so right. Like, it's, it's getting worse as you're in here um, but I, I like where your head's at so uh, Uhtred shouts uh, for Rolf and you can make perception checks oh boy Ugh, 20. Randolph. Because, <laughs> uh. Because yeah, I rolled a six. <laughs> Rogyar and Randolph were equally disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a seven and a 20. Utrecht got an 11. Uh, Vipera got a 31. Oh, good girl, Vipera. You you don't hear any any response to Utrid shouting for Rolf. Maybe he can't hear you and isn't uh, responding. Uh, but yeah, you're not really sure. Let's go south. Uh, south? Like, well, we to gotta the, like search it, right? Yeah, like to that that south yeah. uh, southwest corner to head towards the back of the forge. Like, just keep blowing stuff out of the way. Keep searching around. Like, we're time limited here. Yeah, we're yeah, trying to go yeah, quick. Uh, yeah. So your your perception checks would also um, represent you searching this this room. I guess if you're if you're being really thorough, um, I guess I'm going to I'm gonna roll a d10. And that's how many rounds you spend searching this room, because it's a it's a pretty big room. With a thirty-one, uh, I, I I would say like a D ten plus something, uh, because I doubt you just spend one single round searching it. But Viper got a thirty-one, so I'll I'll say that that kind of expedites things. Two, so two full round actions. You guys kind of spread out and look for Rolf or just really anything, and you don't uh, you don't see anything. But you looks like you can uh, continue on into this uh, western room. Ralph, God damn it, where are you? Vipira screams out into the next room. Uh, okay. Can Utrud also detect magic? Yeah. Like, are all these flames uh, of natural origin? Uh, the flames aren't detecting as magic, though you know that detect magic uh, will only show you auras of magical items or uh an active spell effect. So if the fire was caused by something magical, the flames themselves would not have a magical aura, yeah. just the fire's source. One of those, like, technically this could have been started by someone casting fireball in here. Right. But the flames or, would uh, not indicate that. Or, like, yeah. a flamosphere that then... Yeah. duration. All right, so you guys are continuing uh, to the southwest? Yep. Okay. Uh, you go into the next room, and scorched debris and smashed tables litter the floor of the shop, along with chunks of burning wood fallen from the ceiling above. The wooden frames around the windows are ablaze, as is the roof above. Open doorways lead north and east, and you are standing in the one to the east. You say, like, stuff looks broken and smashed. Does it look like it was broken by stuff falling on it, or does it look like it was broken before the fires were set? 
it looks like parts of the ceiling are collapsing and uh, damaging whatever they fall on. Okay. Then I guess repeat. Just start blowing some smoke out of the way for this smaller room and make sure Rolf's not in here before we continue. Okay. Uh, the smoke is much heavier here. And, uh, yep, I'll need uh, another uh, perception check from everybody. Nineteen. Eight. Uh, Vipira has a twenty-eight. Uh, Randolph had a twenty. At this point, I feel like I'm just clearing smoke for Vipira to look around with. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this time I'm going to roll a d6 and determine how many rounds you guys spend looking through this room. I will add that the... The floor in this room is difficult terrain. Here we go. That's going to be three rounds that you spend searching through this room. So I'm going to need three fortitude saves to everybody who is in this room breathing. Three each? Yep. All right. Rogier got an 18, a 20, and a 17. Okay. Randolph got a 12, a 28, and a 28. So you just average those together, and I pass everything. <laughs> uh, it should be noted that 12 was a natural one. <clears throat> oh! Oh, 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 oh! Oh, 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 12 was a natural one. I'm going to re-roll the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Good call. Lucky, lucky. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Wow, good thing it was a natural one. There we go. 18. There you go. Better. All right, uh... So Randolph makes all of his saves. Uh, Rogiar fails his third save, and both Vipira and Uhtred fail their first and third save. Um, fortunately, for the time being, uh, all that really means is during the, the rounds that you failed, uh, you can't really do much more than uh, stand there coughing up black acrid smoke mm -hmm. okay and now I'm going to I'm going to randomly roll which area of the ceiling loses a little bit of uh, ceiling hmm it seems like that's a pretty important part of being ceiling real quick Rogyar is going to uh, like on one of these air blasts that he's been shoving out he's actually going to like willingly accept a point of burn from it so that he gets uh, his enveloping winds uh, air defense talent so that there's just constant swirling wind around Rogiar. Alright, uh, I'll give you a bonus on your fortitude saves for that. Does that prevent, like, gases and shit from... It's basically made to prevent protect from ranged attacks. Like, ranged attacks with physical weapons get a 20% mischance against me. Okay, um, um, so I'll give you a 20% chance that your failed save was a success. Okay. 37, so you still failed. Uh, okay. So let's see. Um, so Vipira failed her first save. Uh, so just so we've already determined that it took you about three rounds to search this room. Mm -hmm. At the end of the first round, this bottom left corner of the room, this a 10 by 10 foot square uh, had a bunch of chunks of ceiling collapse to the floor. Um, at the end of the next round, another random 10 foot area uh, will be filled with falling debris. So, Vipira, you can't move. You're busy choking. 
but everybody else, why don't you just put yourselves somewhere or don't move at all. It's up to you. And we'll see another part of the ceiling that moves. <laughs> yeah, I played video falls. games before. I, I know what part of the ceiling <laughs> yep. I'm standing under. <laughs> yeah, Rogier will can, come can over near that? The, near that area, but not right where it fell. Right, maybe I'll go there. Make it more fun. All right. Seeing everybody else uh, go over there, actually, Yano's going to uh, stay close to Vipira. Say, Vipira, come on, snap out of it. All right, uh, at the end of the second round, uh, looks like Rogyar and Yando are occupying the space that has falling debris. I'll need reflex saves. Oh, you know what? I never made fortitude saves for Yando, so hold on. Oh, he uh, he actually isn't there because he couldn't move either. So Rogyar got a 22 on his reflex save. Okay, so Rogyar is going to take six points of damage. So that is the end of the second round. Did anybody fail their second I don't think so. Save. I don't think so. Uh, well, Yando did, actually. Rolled pretty doo-doo for Yando. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, everybody except Yando can move themselves somewhere else in this room. I'll stay put. I got the golden ticket. All yeah. Right. Rogar will kind of follow Vipira up to the northwest there. During the first ceiling collapse, I'm making sure... I'm staying in this area because I'm making sure that no ceiling fell on the guy or there's, you know... I'm doing a... I'm staying put, but I'm doing it because I'm uh, searching the area extra hard. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Ooh. So this time it looks oh like... Uh, <laughs> it's just following me. <laughs> <laughs> looks This time it looks like the space occupied by Rogyar, Uhtred, and Randolph is filled with falling debris. I'm going to need three reflex saves, guys. Rogier got a 27. Oh, 21. 22. Very nice, guys. So you're all going to take eight points of damage. What happened to very is, nice guys? Well, that's half. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. And five of that turns into non-lethal for me. Um, okay, so that was the end of the second round, uh, right? No, that was the end of the third round. No, that was the end of the second, because I got to move. I failed my third. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think um, we all get stuck coughing for this third round, except for Randolph. Uh, Yando also made his save. For the third uh, one? Okay. Yep. So Yando's going to move right here. Everybody else where they want to and are able to move? I'll actually move. I didn't find anything over here, right? Correct. I'll move up here. All right. North a bit. Getting ready to head into that next room. Yeah. This room's collapsing. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. All right. And back down here. Ooh, uh, nice. Luckily, nobody is standing in that spot. I can't believe there's any roof left in that general yeah, area. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the entire roof collapses. It's I know. It's like a single layer. <laughs> it's just funny that like it keeps falling like in similar spots. <laughs> uh, all right. So, now what do you guys do? Go into now, the next room. Yeah, we head north into what hopefully is the last room in this place. So, oh, you guys travel north. You're telling and, me I uh, didn't feel that magic? It's not magical. That's a creature. <laughs> An elemental. Perhaps. 
The blackened remains of furniture and tools litter this ravaged forge. Soot stains the walls, particularly around the window to the north. To the east, a massive brick forge is filled with flames. Opposite this forge is a metallic door glowing a dull red. Uh, this large creature seemingly made of fire is just kind of... It seems like it's kind of like cavorting around the room, like it's just having a grand old time. It sees you come in, and uh, yeah, it uh, doesn't it doesn't seem happy that the, somebody's here to ruin its fun. So everybody, roll initiative. Can we roll knowledge checks as well? Uh, yep, let's do initiative first, and then uh, after that, I will do uh, knowledge planes. Hmm. I see this here thing. I look at my scimitar and I go. Ah. <laughs> okay, Vipira. Uh, a 24. Rogyar. Also a 24. Uh, Vipira's got the higher modifier, I take it? No. Rogyar does? Yeah, Rogyar's like, got a plus double. 9. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Randolph? Also a 15. <laughs> okay. Uhtred? 14. Alright. Up first is Rogyar. Uh, but first, if anybody wants to give me knowledge planes checks, go ahead and do that. Got a 29. Uh, 8. 3. Okay. Uh, Uhtred, you identify this creature as a fire elemental, uh, specifically a huge fire elemental. And you may ask me three questions. Any DR? They have DR5, which is not uh, bypassed by anything. Wow. One cool ability that it can do. So it has a it has the burn ability. So those affected by its burn ability must also make a reflex save. As far as I can tell, being affected by its burn ability just means getting hit with its slam attack. Uh, you need to make a reflex save or catch fire, taking the listed damage for an additional 1d4 rounds at the start of the affected creature's turn. Uh, dropping and rolling on the ground grants a plus four bonus on the save. Uh, creatures that hit uh, the fire elemental with natural weapons or unarmed attacks take fire damage as though hit by the burning creature and must make a reflex save to avoid catching on fire. Perfect for Vipira. Fan-fucking-tastic. All right, you got one question left, Uhtred. Let's go, does it have any weaknesses or vulnerabilities? It has vulnerability to cold, which means it takes another 50% from any uh, sources of cold damage. This thing's about to have a bad time. Good thing nobody (laughs) in the party can use cold attacks. (laughs) Okay, uh, up first, I think, is Rogyar, who who doesn't have any cold attacks. (laughs) Yeah, about that. Uh, so yeah, let's let's gather some power. Let's uh, empower a very chilling blast against this thing. Oh man! One shot, one shot, one shot, one shot. Not gonna one shot it. Yeah. Not with that attitude. Oh! Oh my Ooh. god! Oh my god! Roll another twenty oh. to kill it. Did my god! <laughs> Do it. That's, Do it. Okay. Do it. So that's Do a it, Matt. twenty on the attack roll. And a natural twenty mm. on the confirmation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Roll to kill. Roll all to right. Kill. Roll to kill. One more d twenty here. Let's see. Oh, oh my oh, god. It's a sixteen. Oh, ah. Shit. 
Dude, I was about to award you one million Manny points. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I will say, for the first time tonight, I just picked up the fucking LR Power Dice. <laughs> yes! Oh, it's perfect. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. Well, either way, I'm assuming that's a crit with the double nat 20s. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure a natural 20 is an automatic confirm. <laughs> all right. Oh, and this is purely a magic crit because it's my cold damage. Yep. So this is called Aura of Protection. Double damage, okay. and I get plus four to my AC for one round. Wow. That's cool. All right. No, it's cold. So now for the damage. Let's see. The base is 46 damage. Uh, empowered brings it up to 69 damage. And then uh, another... 50% on top of that for the vulnerability brings it up to 103 damage. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> one million mini points. <laughs> With one, one shot. shot, Rogyar annihilates the fire elemental. Yo, remember how I said you could put fire out with cold, if you could drop it down cold enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I rest my case. Thank you very much. Dude, tell me you could uh, take hero point. Like, I called it too. I said one shot. You did call it. And it fucking did, You dude. should get a hero point in addition to that. Yeah. I will I need, say. I need some many points. I will they say. Go, they last I, longer. I actually cannot get a hero point right now because I'm already at three. Well, then give He's the one heroic. you just earned to Joe. <laughs> oh boy. Uh so hold on one second. <laughs> I also like how we were you saying You know he uh, couldn't have planned for this. <laughs> it's uh we were also saying we wouldn't get a corpse out of this thing. Like, yeah. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> so actually right. let's take him under uh let's take him into our custody. <laughs> The whole well, fucking building gets destroyed. Do we just you take an <laughs> elemental under custody? Do we just, no, know, just do we saying. just have like a fire elemental shaped icicle now? Can we take that out with us? <laughs> so, you guys can actually give me a knowledge arcana check upon Rogiar killing this thing. Uh, somehow, Ooh. I think that wasn't maybe it wasn't a true fire elemental or some such because I feel like it would have had more than a hundred health. I got a 24 on the Knowledge Arcana, so... I got a 19. Yeah, by pure God, 14. So the Fire Elemental just kind of disappears into nothingness uh, upon Rogyar destroying it. Which, like, is that just, you know, the way Fire Elementals die? Uh, maybe. But Randolph and Uhtred would actually recognize uh, this display as uh, the destruction of a summoned monster. So this creature was like summoned with a summon monster spell uh, and such creatures are m more kind of like Xeroxes than actual like like real creatures and like so you're not actually slaying a, like a creature with a soul when you destroy a summoned monster it just kind of you know it's it's more of like a video game death where the creature just kind of like disappears like maybe with a death throw but then there's no corpse left behind but with that the so the the fire elemental uh is vanquished 
and uh, so you can see this room a lot better all of a sudden. You can see that there's a, a door right here to the west, and there's a rather large window up here to the north. Uh, the, the room is still uh, filled with smoke, but uh, the smoke kind of like... It's a less hot smoke. <laughs> <laughs> the smoke kind of clears for a second, and you've got a a very lucky, un, unobscured view through this window to the north, and you see somebody uh, kind of lurking in an alleyway about 60 feet away from the building. It looks like a, a rather a rather elderly man in a feathered cloak with a small crow's mask. And as you're watching, he smiles with a mouthful of rotten teeth. As you watch, he pulls out a scroll of paper and uh, I'm just gonna... You're not gonna do that. What? Wait. No, what are you? The guy's probably about to teleport away. Oh, okay. Unless he's gonna summon another one. Yeah, the, the, dude. Hold on a second. <laughs> he just hit Axel's hitting the reset button. Yeah, let's try that again. <laughs> and yeah, another fire elemental appears right in front of you. Wait, All right, Rogue, where was you the know guy on the do. floor that pulled the scroll out? Were you like within? He's, I think he was in the alley, like way up to the north, like up here. Yeah, he was like he was He's sixty like feet away the from the yeah. building. So let's just stay right in initiative. No, uh, by Pira. No, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a that had to be a round situation. He had to pull out his shit and summon this creature. So it should go right back to Rogyar. I, I mean, agree. sure. I agree. Yeah. He can roll three twenties this time. Well, I mean, also, again, like, summoning is a full round cast. So, like, so, yeah, like, I feel like the other four should also have a turn's worth of actions to do before this before this next elemental comes in. Fair. Um, so what... All right, so it's Vipira's turn. Just pretend you don't know what's about to happen. And uh, you... you you see this guy down an alley, 60 feet away from the building. So, Vipira takes out her. That makes him 90 feet away from you. Oh, yeah. Vipira takes out her uh, her uh, short bow and. Uh, Hold on. I mean, like, we we can kind of like joke about like, oh, like we don't know what's about to happen, but like in all seriousness. Vipira uh, just sees this guy in an alley 90 feet away, goes, fuck that guy, takes her bow out to shoot him. I mean, if he has like a scroll and you said that we see him grinning. I mean, <laughs> don't I mean, no one smiles at me your from an alley. And <laughs> like, well, I mean, to, to Vipira's point too, this guy is wearing a feathered cloak and a crow's mask, which matches the description that we saw or that we read in that dossier from Maybe Viper yeah, would chase it, this, after him. I mean, also fair. I'm, I'm going to say this. The, the description that you set up, Alex, was more along the lines of you're claiming that Vipera sees all of this happening. Therefore, I feel that she does have a straight view as to what's about to happen. What could she possibly think is about to happen, though? He pulls out a scroll and gets a toothy grin. I can't imagine it's something good. Honestly, I'm liking Matt's justification more than anything else, where this guy 
is like dressed right. in much in the same way that uh, that other guard described the assailants of the watchtower. Right. Um, Once again, I mean, as, as for the, all right. I mean, you're you're using all justifications but that. But anyway, sure. Go ahead. It's your turn. Is there actually an opening here? It's a it's a humongous like ten foot wide window right here, and like all the glass is shattered out of it. Oh, then fuck it. Piper's gonna run after this dude. I was gonna say, just, just yeah. jump through the window, yeah. even if it was still there. Fuck it, jump through the window. Yeah. is <laughs> gonna All take right. a 60 foot uh, run at this dude. Okay. Uh, that'll still put her 30 feet away from him. Um, actually, give me an acrobatics check to get through the window. Will do. Uh, a 23. Okay. All right, yeah. Viper runs uh, 60 feet. Okay. So Vipera sprints out of the room, out of the building, and it is now Randolph's turn. I'm I would like to run after the alley man dude, but also I'd like Thelias to get back on that thing and, and let's go. So I'm actually gonna go this way to chase him. With Thelias. Does that make sense? Yeah. Alright. So Thelias got retreated back to the carriage in the driver's seat. I'm in C1 racing to the driver's seat saying you know telepathically he knows where i want him to go okay want him to go with me (laughs) hopefully you never know with that guy utrid um i think i'm gonna copy viper i'm gonna take a double move action and try an acrobatics through the window after this guy okay Ooh, that's an eight uh eight's gonna leave you prone uh, let's see, where'd you start off? This square? Or this square? I was right uh, next square to up. Uh, Rookie. So, with an eight, you can end your move at this square just north of the window, but you have fallen prone. Uh, so, with a standard action, you can stand back up, and that'll end your turn. Uh, yeah, I'll do that, though. Okay. Uh, it's Yando's turn, and, well, he's nothing if not a follower, so he's going to... Run off after Viper and Utrid. Okay, so Yando uh, makes his acrobatics check, so he's gonna it'll be just be five feet short of Vipera, even though he can't see her. Well, actually, he'll end his movement just outside the building, and he'll uh, he'll take a shot at this guy. There we go. Vital strike, of course. All right, eleven points of damage because he hits. Does the caster need to make a concentration check? Yep. All right, so that uh, is the end of initiative. Okay, Rogar, go ahead. Rogar is actually not going to be chasing after the guy. He's going to uh, fly up just to be 10 feet behind Uhtred, but still in the in the burning room. And he actually wants to hit that uh, that metal door with a cold blast. Because I remember you said that was like a nice bright oh, the, red that one from the heat. Yeah. Okay. So I want to try and cool that down, thinking you know if Rolf is hiding behind that door, I want him to be able to get out before he burns to death. You know. You wouldn't rather just leave him to die while you chase this perp? No, nah, I trust my comrades to take care of that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, roll damage. Uh, twenty-one cold damage. Okay. Um. 
That's not enough to destroy the door, though I don't think that's what you're trying to do anyway, but it definitely does uh, cool it down quite a bit. Okay, yeah, that's that's the goal. Alright, so it is now, it is now this guy's turn, and he is going to finish casting his summon spell, and the fire elemental, or a, a new fire elemental, uh, appears inside the building, uh, pretty much right where the old one was, and that will begin this guy's new turn and he uh did not look like he was ready for uh everybody in this building to uh just suddenly come chasing after him uh so he casts another spell and vanishes can i roll spellcraft on it sure i got a 23 uh you know that he casts an invisibility spell vipera he cast invisibility. Uh, it is now Vipira's turn. Vipira has uh, no reason to think that a new fire elemental is there, so she is going to uh, chase. Okay, uh, give me a perception check. Sure. Uh, right now, I just made it to the 30-foot mark. I'm just seeing if uh, where this alley is going to. If there's multiple intersections, I'm not bothering. Uh, Vipira got a 23. Highs or lows? Uh, let's go lows. With a 23, uh, you can see a couple a couple side exits to this alley, at least. You also don't really see this guy. Like yeah. you're not you're not hearing any like like footsteps or seeing any like puffs of dust from footfalls right. or anything like that. Yeah. Um. Vipira is going to move back 30 feet. Okay, so she ends her turn where she started it. Yep. Uh, and I yell back to Uhtred, too many pathways. I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm coming back. It is Randolph's turn. I'm going to complete my... I'm going to take another move to get on the caravan okay. with, with my buddy T. And I'm going to have him drive us as far as he can to this backside here. If he can at all. I don't even know that. But just, you know where to go. Go, go, go. All right. So you can go up to 50 feet with the rest of your turn. There's 50. After rounding the corner, you would see probably the tail end of Vipira's move. She seems like she reached the alley uh, at the other end of the street uh, and is doubling back. Or no, she's invisible. You don't see that. Okay. So what do I see Like now that I've turned the corner and I'm in the alley? Uh, You no longer see that man in the alley. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much all you see. Um, From, you can probably see Uhtred and Yando, like just right around that corner up ahead. And they'd probably be behaving as if there's still danger afoot inside right. the building. And the odds that I hit this man, <laughs> this invisible man with a carriage, <laughs> <laughs> by pure accident, uh, okay. zero or higher than zero. I'll, 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 get, I'll give you a, a range of five. Nice. Between one and a hundred. Go ahead and pick. 65 to 70. 65 to 69. That's what I mean. Yeah, thanks. 90. Oh, that was my next guess. (laughs) 
You you do not hear or feel any thumps indicative of hitting an invisible person. <laughs> you know how cool that would be, dude. Okay. That would have been uh, really, really funny. So I'll I'll end my turn. Not sure what the hell I'm doing now, but at least we got the getaway man and uh, our wheels. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, it is now the fire elementals' turn, Eep. and uh, it's gonna go ahead and attack Rogyar. Uh, that's a twenty-six to hit. That's a miss. Oh. Uh, and then a thirty-two to hit. Okay, that hits. Okay. That's going to be eight damage, and then I need a reflex save. That's a 23. Oh, that probably passes. Yep, that totally passes. All right, uh, Uhtred, you're up. I'm going to reach into my handy haversack, and I'm Uh going to retrieve and cast a scroll of shield, because I want to guarantee this thing can hit me. At least to the best of my ability. And I think that would take up my move and standard action. Um, yes. I will use a swift action to spend an arcana point to keen my scimitar. All right. Yando uh, is going to uh, whirl around and say, Christ, not again. And he's going to full attack on the fire elemental. Uh, deadly aiming. All right, so Yando uh, fires two arrows. First one just barely misses, but the second one hits, and he deals eight points of damage after DR. And now it's Rogyar's turn again. Okay, Rogyar is going to uh, float back five feet. He's going to gather power to empower another Ice Blast. Yeah, this thing's got farther reach than that, so that's going to provoke... Well, a 20 doesn't hit. No, it does not. How about a 32 against its touch AC? That'll hit. Okay, so that is a base of 23. So that's uh, 34 after the empower, and then the another times one and a half for vulnerable brings it up to a 51 cold damage. Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen better. <laughs> Alright, that brings us back to Vipira. Vipira moves up 30 feet, uh, pulls out her short bow while she's running, and takes a shot. Okay. The elemental's gonna have soft cover as you're shooting through Rogyar's square. Got it. Hey, uh, a, a 21 to hit. 21 after soft cover, unfortunately, does not hit. With a minus two to its from the invisibility. Yeah. Oh man! Elementals yeah. have a ton of natural armor, typically. Oh, hold on a second. Forgot flat-footed. Uh, <laughs> see, see, I remind uh, for reasons. Yeah. Fire elementals are one of the exceptions, and most of their AC actually comes from decks. Mm. Um, Make, makes sense. And other touch AC related things. Yeah. Uh, so a 21 actually will hit all things considered. <laughs> Seven damage. All right. Actually Most of that's pretty... going to get absorbed by DR, but you do squeak some through. Yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually max. Your yeah. max is two damage. Nice. Randolph, it's your turn. Me and Wheels are going to continue our move forward up here. 
All right. And uh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, as we're coming up to the, you know, the uh, entrance to the building from the alley, we see a gigantic fire elemental inside, and uh, we're just gonna stop and yell, "Get in! Let's blow this popsicle stand!" <laughs> and we're gonna hold the rest of our action until everyone gets in the caravan. He does know no one's about to get in that caravan, right? <laughs> Uh, he's about to find out, but no, he doesn't know that right now. <laughs> All right, uh, Fire Elemental's going to five-foot step up, and he's going to take another full attack on Rogyar, uh, who easily dealt the most damage to it in that last turn. No. Oh, I yes. appear with a close second. <laughs> Together, Man, we did but... like 53 damage. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. My D20's uh, being a little uh, layabout today. The first one definitely didn't hit. And, oh, but maybe a 29 will hit. Oof. 29 does hit. This time, Rogyar takes 11 points of damage, and then I need another reflex save. Ooh, uh... Yeah, I'm going to use a hero point to reroll that, because I don't like that. Ooh, okay. (laughs) I don't like the idea of burning... Yeah, that's much better. A 31. All right. Yeah, I guess that passes. All right, up next is Uhtred. I guess I have to acrobatics back through this window, right? Uh, yes. All right, before that I do that, I'm going to cast a chill touch and then try an acrobatics and deliver that chill touch through my sword. So, uh, depending on your acrobatics check, we'll either treat that movement as a five-foot step or as actual movement that provokes. 20. All right, I'll give it to you. Now I'm going to take... I can take a full round. No. Because I cast yeah. this. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Uh, with Vala. I'm going to use combat expertise. Okay. So the first attack is a natural 20. And then it's a 16 to confirm plus bonuses. Uh, 16 is not going to confirm. So give me a fort save, and I'll do you another 1d6. So four negative energy. On top of the 10 max rolled from Velo. Yep. And is it chaotic at all? It is not. That's a 17 fortitude save. Yes. DC is 17. Alright, so that'll be 9 damage after DR. Still not too bad. Uh, it is now Yando's turn. And uh, Yando is gonna do another deadly aim, but this time he's gonna vital strike. He's gotta contend with that uh, cover. He's just gonna take one attack at his full bonus. Natural 19's gonna do it. Yay! All right, and that'll be another nine points of damage. And that brings us back to Rogyar. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll do the same thing. I guess uh, I'll uh, float out the window here and do the same thing. Gather power to empower a cold blast. Okay. Um, give me a fly check, though. My fly check cannot be lower than an 18 right now. All right, then. Just go ahead and attack. <laughs> <laughs> I've been investing. It's <laughs> a 32 against its touch. That'll hit. Oh, that one makes it nice and easy for me. So that's uh, 20 base damage. 
empowered becomes 30, and then times one and a half again comes 45 for the vulnerability. Very nice. And Rogiar destroys the second fire elemental. Too easy. Yeah. For, for Rogiar. <laughs> no one else, just Rogiar. <laughs> I will say, I mean, he like... Didn't, he didn't one-shot it or anything. <laughs> yeah, I he's getting worse. I don't need any more of these things. Vipira is looking at Rogar like I how I feel Batman looks at Rogar uh, at Superman. <laughs> Just uh, it, well, think about it this way: Vipira is able to do seventy plus damage in a turn, but in uh, when she gets those double attacks, it, it, like very specific instances, Vipira feels like like he's Superman getting out of control here. Like if he turns on us, like I need to be prepared for this shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Batman Superman. Vipera looks at her Rogyar contingencies list and scratches off fire elementals. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, the the building is still actively burning, but uh you get the sense that the at least the first fire elemental was probably the source of the fire and probably why the bucket brigade wasn't doing much uh much good. Uh, so what do you guys do now? Uh, I, wanna... I honk the horn and say, <laughs> get in! <laughs> I want to check this little side room. Yeah, and I'll, I'll try cooling down that door again if it still needs it. Like, that door was literally red hot. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, you can uh, hit it with another uh, chill blast. <laughs> 21 cold damage this time. I think that's exactly what you did last time. Um, Rogyar, you've been in this building for like a minute straight now. I was just um, right outside the window, but I have been in there for a while. So you've now taken three points of fire damage for breathing in the uh, the hot air for a minute. Okay. Another four minutes, you'll need to make a fortitude save. And uh, in addition to the extra 4d6 over time you'll take you'll also take an extra 1d4 point of non-lethal um but that's probably fine you're probably not going to be here for that much longer i would hope (laughs) all right uh the door opens right up for utrid who steps on in yep and uh you just see uh a short flight of stairs that leads down i would go down it rogar will like turn to the rest and say there's a basement come on as he hits himself with a uh, kinetic healing before joining the group if you all uh, turn your attention to the left of this map you'll see uh, I've put Utrid at the bottom of these stairs over here Uh, Thalias are you still honking the horn or you hop in after everybody looks like they're back to after After I hear him say, hey, there's a basement, let's go, and totally ignore me, then uh, <laughs> and have a quick combo with Elias and say, okay, you stay here. When we come out, we're out, okay? Don't cause any trouble. All right, uh, so Uhtred, you go down the stairs, and there's a, uh, a closed door. Is it locked? Nope. I open it. Is it hot? Uh, it's... It like everything else in here, it's definitely warm, but it is not like There's you're not, not gonna fire directly like burn burning. yourself. Okay. Yeah. I open it. The steep oh. earthen stairway descends into a dry cellar where three shields rest on a rack along the southern wall. 
Opposite the display of masterfully crafted shields, a complex iron door covered in mechanical locking mechanisms fits seamlessly in the northeastern wall. Cowering behind uh, one of the displays, uh, you can make out uh, what looks like a, a dwarf or maybe just like a, a stout young man. You're not sure yet. Rolf, is that you over there? You, you see a face poke out from behind the display, and it, it, it's it's very strange. You're not used to seeing a dwarf without a beard, but maybe it's just because he's very young. You're not sure, but uh, most likely a dwarf, uh, and he looks terrified. Yes, yes, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm Rolf. Please, there's 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 a monster up there. He's just gonna it's gonna burn me to a crisp. Yes, we we've already taken care of it. It's safe for you to come out. Oh, and, and you, you put the fire out, too? We don't have time for this conversation. Let's go. But there's, there's, it's on fire up there. Uh, Usher's gonna walk over and kind of, like, grab him under the arm and be like... Yeah, so he's gonna walk over, he's gonna kind of, like, grab him under the arm and be like, Come on, we don't have time for this. All right, I, I trust you. I'll, I'll go with you. And he, uh, you do have to kind of, like... Kind of, like, drag him a little. Yeah, like you're not dragging him, but you definitely have to kind of coax him along, and he he follows. You bring him back up the steps and uh, into the the room where the fire elemental was, and Rolf is like looking around wildly for danger. But after that, it's a pretty simple matter to get him out of the building. Yeah, he's gonna right out that window there. Yeah, you guys get uh, Rolf out of the building, and. Uh, he immediately runs into the arms of that uh, older dwarven woman who was uh, trying to get into the building. Uh, and she hugs him. She says, Rolf, I told you. There's, the building's on fire. You, you have to leave. You would have suffocated down there. Uh, so she's real- like running running her hands through his, through his hair. So real quick, Vipira does like uh, <laughs> a finger countdown of... From 10, 9, 8. And it, like she's counting down until the cal- uh, until the cavalry. Until cal- like Cito Maldova arrives. Yeah, until like, you know, of <laughs> Just course. Just right on cue. Yep. There That's it is. when your eyes adjust and you realize that there are a bunch of guards who have now uh, formed their own bucket brigade and are much more successfully putting the fire out now that the fire elemental's gone. And uh, Oh, so they're going to get credit for our work there too. Forcing her way past the bucket brigade. Yeah. You see Cito Maldera. What a fucking asshole. And she took she takes one look at you and she says, "Come with me right now next week on the Inspired Incompetence podcast." We're going to be out of see town ya. next week. See ya. <laughs> see ya. See ya. See ya.